Welcome to Clean Tech Forward, a foresight podcast where we explore clean tech customers, capital, and Canada's path to net zero. Tune in to learn more about Canada's most exciting clean tech startups, industry success stories, investor insights, and academic initiatives as we accelerate the growth and impact of clean tech together. This Clean Tech Forward podcast is supported by Gowling WLG. A global leader in intellectual property law, Gowling WLG works alongside Canadian clean tech companies to develop IP strategies that maximize business opportunities and increase market share while protecting valuable innovation. From idea to investment to international expansion, Gowling WLG understands the potential of your intellectual property at every stage of growth. Visit GowlingWLG.com backslash cleantech to learn how they can support your business today. Welcome to Clean Tech Forward. My name is Jeanette Jackson, CEO of Foresight Canada. Today, we are continuing our series on the adoption of clean tech with some of our industry partners who are embracing sustainability and changing their operations to be cleaner. We'll find out what they look for when they are shopping for solutions that will help them achieve their emission targets, what they want to see from clean tech innovators who are pitching solutions to them, and what makes a solution stand out. The adoption of clean tech is a critical step that needs to be taken in order for Canada to achieve a net zero economy. At Foresight, we facilitate partnerships and collaboration between industry and clean tech innovators through our award-winning SDG Connect Challenge platform, which drives innovation and the adoption of new technologies. To date, Foresight has run over 55 innovation challenges, which are projected to reduce almost 70 megatons of greenhouse gas emissions by 2033. On this episode, we'll be speaking with representatives from organizations who have partnered with us to find solutions to their sustainability challenges. Bernardita Araya, the manager of CMPC Ventures and the corporate venture arm of CMPC, one of the world's largest pulp and paper companies, along with Faisal Mirza, the senior project manager of the City of Vancouver's Solid Waste Strategic Services. Our guests today will share their insights into what they look for when searching for clean tech solutions and how their partnership with Foresight helped accelerate that process. For Bernadita and the CMPC team, sustainability is a large focus. Their team works with renewable resources and is always looking for innovative ways to reduce their environmental footprint. Bernadita explained that CMPC is concentrated on process improvement through the use of digital innovation and data, and that a portion of the company's environmental goals should be achieved through the use of innovative technologies. The pulp mill sludge efficiency challenge that Foresight delivered in partnership with CMPC sought to help them achieve their goals of sending zero residue waste to landfills. The challenge sought innovative solutions to recover fibers from the wastewater sludge produced during their manufacturing processes. Here's more about that challenge from Bernardita. We are working towards being, um, well, sending zero residues to landfills, and we're also trying not to burn it. There's, there's one of the mills that one of the um, side streams has, is high in fiber that could be exploited in our mill, actually. So we could extract the fiber out of the side streams and put it back to the mill. That's, that's the first stage. And the second one, that there was another side stream that actually has a lot of microorganisms in. So it was just easier to burn it. But basically, in the first case, we could just extract the fiber and also uh, reduce the water content. 
And the second one, we could actually make it drier. So then again, we optimize the use of water. And basically you could use it afterwards as biomass or even as a, as a fertilizer. So basically we want to be to send zero residues to landfills. And this was critical to try to advance into that direction. For these initiatives to be successful, for me, you need a certain critical um, ingredients. One is commitment, you know, a commitment from the whole company, from the managers, from the board, you know, from the CEO, and, and everyone really committed in the long term that this is something we want to actively explore, we actively work in this direction. Secondly, is funding. It's not only the commitment and have the energy to do it, but we really need to devote funding to this to really make it a, a concrete action. And then you need a network. We won't be able to say, oh, we are connecting with startups. We are connecting with, with, with technologies all over the world if we don't have the right connections. So that's why we're reaching out to uh, relevant uh, countries like Canada. And that's why we work with Foresight really to connect with different countries and, and, and different partners like we do with Foresight to connect with those relevant ecosystems. Having the drive and having the uh, funding and not having the right connections, you're still not activating this innovation landscape. You really need to, to, to work internally in the company. So it is a constant work. CMPC and many organizations like it have committed to cleaner emissions-free operations. She explained that CMPC's goals is to reduce its carbon emissions by 50% by 2030 by utilizing digitization, making data-driven changes, and embracing innovative technologies. Emissions mandates like CMPC's are very important for our net zero ambitions. It's crucial that industry partners set out goals and hold themselves accountable to achieve them as well. By embracing partnerships, industries not only have us advancing toward net zero, but are also accelerating the development of clean technologies. Many early stage clean tech entrepreneurs rely on partnerships for field testing, product validation, and industry knowledge. Eventually, those partnerships will be crucial for companies looking to develop a pathway to scale. The process of proving your technology in a lab setting can take years before a company is willing to test it in its field. Once a new technology has been deployed into an industrial setting, it can often be a long process to scale that technology. Industry partners can provide that opportunity along with other supports like insights into processes, capital, and cross-team collaboration. Bernardita said that there are things she looks for from innovators who approach the MPC Ventures for partnerships and investment opportunities. Coming to the table with a clear strategy and being sure you are aligning your goals with the companies is key. Being clear about your product and how it solves their particular problems and how your team will execute your plan is critical for innovators looking to form partnerships. Here's more on how Bernadita and her team evaluate ventures who are selling solutions. For, for the companies that apply for these, for these uh, challenges, will be to be able to really uh, explain very, very clearly what your solution does, how it does it, might not be relevant now, but really, you really need to be very, very clear at the first meeting to explain how your solution tackles this particular challenge we can be discussing. And then if that's clear, the stars are aligned and it's much easier to continue the conversation. 
When a company comes and pitches to you, do you have a recipe for success? Are there certain aspects of their presentation or pitch or, you know, aspects to how their business is structured that you look for that could help them pitch more effectively to you? I think it will depend uh, in terms of whether it's pitching to us for a challenge or whether it's pitching to us for investment. Um, first, if you're coming for a challenge, again, how you can tackle this particular challenge with a very clear and simple description is super relevant. If we have to interpret what you're trying to say, it will be much more difficult to really see the exact fit with CMPC. So simple explanation and understand as much as possible about the company. Well, as much the um, well as much as possible of the company, of the challenge, of the of the scope we are trying to address. Be very clear also about the the impact. Try to bring numbers of how your solution could impact the problem we are trying to tackle. And probably then we will be focusing on checking the team and how they can actually deliver this solution and how and the format that this potential partnership development or, uh, uh, or just hiring them as suppliers could work out. It's a very uh, targeted this discussion around this particular challenge. If you come to us for funding from a venture capital perspective, this is a very different discussion. We, we will trust you, you, your technology or your solution, thus what you say is doing, but we will focus a lot more on the team on the drive, on the vision, on where do you think this technology, this product can be in five years time? So to try to align our strategy and our vision to where each startup thinks their company is going. I wanted to pause and discuss what Bernadita just mentioned, the alignment of strategic goals. Last month, we spoke with Summit Nanotech CEO, Amanda Hall, in that episode, Amanda discussed the importance of understanding the marketplace you're trying to break into. Before even developing the technology, Amanda conducted dozens of interviews with potential customers in the lithium mining sector to get a better understanding of their pain points, the challenges they face, and started to think clearly on how she would change the processes to be more efficient. Once she had an idea of what those companies wanted to see, she and her team developed their technology around the problem, instead of trying to find out how they could assert a ready-made solution into the operation. That problem-solution alignment is key. If you can understand a company's needs, their long-term strategy, and where your solution fits in the big picture, your chances of successfully landing a partnership go way up. If we don't see alignment there, it's trying to get into a marriage where we want different things. I do focus a lot on trying to align where do we think the company, well, the startup should be going, and then it will be a lot of work on our side of the technical perspective of whether do you use our fiber, whether it is a benefit for the forest management, whether it's smart forestry, whether it's new products, new coatings, new packaging solutions. We will do a deep, deep dive into the, into the technology. But then the most critical part is about the fit with CMPC. Is it a strategy fit? How does would this technology look for CMPC in the future? Is it something we will license and set up our own plans, for example? Is it something we want to sell uh, uh, directly? Is it something we, well, we just want to invest and learn about this new disruptive technology with you? 
So we bring a lot of people from the company to discuss these more strategic questions. So again, the team that is driving this, this company and these technologies will be critical, that we trust that we can work together and we can pivot if needed. In partnership with the Vancouver Economic Commission, Project Greenlight is a technology demonstration platform that connects enterprises and innovators to fast-track pilot projects and accelerate innovation. It offers small and medium-sized companies an opportunity to pitch their ideas and solutions to potential partners. Our current ongoing challenge with the City of Vancouver is the Zero Waste Demonstration Challenge, which aims to reduce the amount of landfill-bound waste. Here's more from Faisal on the challenge. We are looking for technologies that, number one, can reduce waste to landfill and incinerator, uh, enable these companies to commercialize and provide them that bump in their business, either to gain partners, investment, and customers. Uh, we work closely with the Vancouver Economic Commission, and, and I should say that there are a partner in this initiative, the Zero Waste Demonstration Site, and one of their major metrics is increasing green jobs in the region. And as the, for the city, you know, it's always about what's in it for us. And we are looking for technologies that we can look at and um, that we've only heard of. And sometimes we do site visits either in the region or uh, uh, across North America or across the world to take a look at these technologies, but we don't actually get to see them work on a day-to-day -day basis. So by having some of these technologies that we don't know about, having them like close to home that we can touch and actually see some data, it provides uh, risk-averse institutions that have a, a greater responsibility to taxpayers and society to make sure that we are not taking any unnecessary risks and taking more incremental innovation, but actually going faster than the status quo. Yes, a lot of people are really starting to tap into the fact that the transition to net zero is not only incredibly important for climate, environment, but it has the opportunity for huge economic evolution, I'm going to call it, because the word growth has become an interesting discussion point for economic development agencies. Obviously, we want more green jobs, higher paying salaries, but we're also seeing you know, the impacts of inflation and things like that right now that are impacting the sector. The city of Vancouver is quite progressive, one of the first cities in the country to acknowledged that there was a climate uh, emergency. And then in 2020, uh, obviously rolled out the Climate Emergency Action Plan. How do you see the zero waste demonstration challenges and other similar initiatives from the city connecting all to that climate plan? The, uh, the one thing I really love about that plan is the uh, the component of embodied carbon and reducing embodied carbon and reducing waste uh, by thinking upstream and engaging in what's called a circular economy that when you make the decision to make something uh, that you think about its end of life so that it can be reused. Uh, recycling has its challenges, especially in certain areas. I, I know that we're doing our best here and we're definitely leading in recycling in Canada, but other regions, jurisdictions, recycling is not really done. And it's a whole sort of industry that we're trying to change by thinking like upstream, like design for disassembly, using more salvage. And those type of uh, tactics will 
will reduce the amount of embodied carbon that goes into materials because it's not just about the operational where the truck's going back and forth on the highways to do construction and concrete and concrete's definitely another challenge and the waste and embodied carbon are definitely tied together and that's what we focus on and but i really know that my my goal is and sort of my lane right now is to be aware of all the stuff that's happening around me but focusing on technology and how that can solve a specific problem because uh, circular economy is going to take a while. So there's still a lot of volume of stuff that's just going to landfill and getting anything out of the landfill is a win. The process of pitching your technology to an entity like the city of Vancouver is very intensive and time consuming. It's important to have your I's dotted and T's crossed. Government organizations typically have more stringent requirements for applicants since they often use public dollars to fund these programs and the pressure to mitigate risk is higher. As you will hear from Faisal, the process is very thorough. The process that we have, which is on the website for the challenges, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty typical to other things as well, uh, even RFPs where we just do a pre-screening of the incoming submissions, make sure that they meet minimum eligibility thresholds. If they haven't filled in a question, which are pretty open-ended, as opposed to uh, an RFP or a tender, especially a tender. Tenders are very specific what we ask for. We just make sure that they fill in all the information. And then uh, if they haven't filled it all in, then obviously, and or if there's some current like major uh, flags, then they get removed. And then we go to a short list to looking more at operational risk. And the Project Greenlight team, which is led by John McPherson and his team, at the Vancouver Economic Commission, they'll work with the city decision makers, which we are the partner, essentially the, the, the client that's working on this to assess the proposals against uh, a number of go, no go criteria before proceeding. Like if they come in and they say, hey, we're gonna, we wanna use up uh, not only the one acre, but we want like three more acres. That's happened a lot. The site that uh, the zero waste demonstration site is only one acre and it has limited infrastructure. But of course, you know, we want to do something that's fiscally responsible and also um, doesn't require much capital up front because you never know how this pilot's going to work. But we, we do have some parameters that are go, no go. And we want to make sure that we don't uh, waste the time of some of our uh, senior executives at, at the city. And then the second shortlisted group would then do a company pitch session to the city and the Vancouver Economic Commission and whoever else is on the evaluation team, including our Stantec, Stantec, which is our engineering provider. And then um, there would be a detailed evaluation as the last assessment. And that combines information from the proposal along with their pitch session. And then a profile would be compiled. And then we would uh, provide a recommendation to the city executive to say, these are the uh, companies or innovators that we want on the site. What kind of criteria do you look at when you're evaluating the business or the technology itself? At Foresight, we take a look at both the team, you know, can they actually execute? Do they understand the business model, the finances required to bring the technology to life? And then there's a whole stream about the technology itself. How do you work through those technology readiness levels? Is the technology really suitable for those applications? So what makes a good pitch when you're comparing technology and team between all the applicants? When you're pitching to an entity such as the city, we've come from a framework of risk. 
and mitigating risk. So we want to make sure that companies that apply to us don't come in as if they're pitching world domination, uh, which is what we love to see. It's just that it really comes down to uh, knowing your audience and and what makes a, a good pitch. Of course, it's you know customer knowledge, but I, I'm going to also say that uh, you know, it, and it's all about people. And you get a sense of when you meet some people that if they take feedback well and they can pivot based on the information, the new information they receive, those are the ones that are going to succeed. Uh, I look at what they're doing. I, and I also look at the management team as well, but more about just seeing if they, they will listen because working with the government is a different beast. Uh, they, uh, they just need to understand that we're about minimizing risk and we definitely want to innovate, but at the same time, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, everybody is safe and they know how to do that. But, you know, at the same time, we want to make sure that if it's not a fit for the city, and they're being safe, but we know that this is a market that they that we need to address. We're all for giving them a go. And one thing I also have to say is that we get a lot of people coming in, like who've read our strategies, uh, like the Climate Emergency Action Plan and Zero Waste 2040 and Green City 2020, and they're all great plans. It's just that they sometimes they quote it back to us, and half their presentation will be that and defining the market and uh, all about like climate change is a problem. Like don't spend time. Uh, on that when you give a good pitch. If giving a good pitch is just getting down to the problem, showing that you've done research on the city specifically. And even if it's not exactly what we're looking for, to show that you've done the research and that you're willing to listen to what where we're coming from, I, I think that's what's going to make a really great partnership. Being thorough, flexible, and focused are qualities that our partners seem to value. Being upfront and honest about where your technology really is and its capabilities are also important considerations for challenge partners. Outside of being able to clearly articulate what your technology does, how it does it, and the value proposition, being able to demonstrate that you can adapt to the needs and goals of your potential partners will go a long way. Faisal also emphasizes the importance of being able to work effectively with your partners, being responsive to their concerns, and having contingency plans in place is another area that an entity like the City of Vancouver is going to consider when evaluating a partnership. Here's more from Faisal on that. I think being honest about where you are in your technology and what you need and the challenges, I think is, is the most important thing because we're trying to build trust. And obviously that comes on the city side as well. So, you know, it's really about developing a relationship. And, you know, with respect to partnerships, and I guess, you know, defining a partnership, one is, you know, if we're working on together to like do some outreach or advocacy, that, that's more informal partnerships. And we, I'm more than happy to support that and, and ask some of my colleagues to support that. With respect to a partnership that's more like uh, where money is being exchanged, then that is something that we would have our city legal team in place and we'd need companies to be ready to deal with that. One thing is, though, if you can work with the city and it's all of its processes, you can work anywhere. And, and I think any large company or large customer is going to need you to be able to work within their regulatory environment and meet their needs. Uh, we come across a lot of companies that just say, oh, you know, give us the space and, and that should be it. And I said, no, have you thought about environmental? Like, what are you going to do if there's a spill? What about your air emissions? What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do if... Uh, there is uh, 
people that come on the site that are not supposed to? What's your site safety plan? All these things like that. And there's no end. And even though the city may look like it's being really strict, I think that we are just trying to make sure that everybody is safe. And that's part of it. And I've worked with companies like Lafarge and one of their major metrics is every day is that they want to make sure that everybody goes home. And that's what we're trying to do as well. Many clean technologies have long developmental cycles, and they often require significant capital and resources to achieve market readiness. Industry partners play a critical role in helping innovators achieve their goals and quickening that pace at which clean tech is deployed. Partners can help with things like access to resources, facilities, engineering and technical support, as well as distribution and sales channels. They can offer capital support and investment opportunities, inside industry knowledge, including market trends and customer needs, and they can offer market validation, increasing a technology's visibility, which can lead to an additional investor or customer opportunity. These partnerships are so beneficial for Canadian clean tech ventures, but they're also very important for our net zero goals. Canada's net zero by 2050 plans are hugely ambitious and to achieve them, we need to collaborate and act now. Industry partners play an important role in the road to net zero. Field testing technologies with partners like the City of Vancouver or CMPC gives innovators an opportunity to refine and improve their technologies in real world settings. It gives entrepreneurs access to new markets, helping to bring clean tech to a wider audience and increasing awareness of it as a viable option for our climate-based challenges. And it helps to drive political changes by demonstrating the effectiveness of low carbon technologies and building the case for supportive policy. Partnerships also help innovators discover a pathway to scale, which allows them to reduce more and more emissions as their technologies expand. Overall, industry partnerships can play a critical role in accelerating the pathway to net zero by helping to bring new technology solutions to market more quickly and effectively. It's inspiring to see the change that has happened over the last few years. Every day, more and more corporate and industry leaders are increasing the pressure on their operations to discover cleaner, innovative processes that will help them achieve their emission mandates. And we're here to help. If you want to learn more about our award-winning SDG Connect platform or other innovation challenge opportunities, visit our website at foresightcac.com backslash challenges or reach out to us at sdg-connect at foresightcac.com. That's sdg-connect at foresightcac.com. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Clean Tech Forward podcast wherever you listen and to share this episode and others with your friends and colleagues. Also rate and review the show on iTunes. It helps us out a ton. Next month, we'll be back with our final episode on our adoption series, where we'll dive deeper into the adoption of clean tech and how it plays a role in Canada's path to net zero. We'll see you there. To learn more about Foresight's programs, events, and more, visit us at foresightcac.com or follow us on social at foresightcac.com.